Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's a time for lions. That's a phrase that I heard and it's reverberated in my heart for years now from a great minister of God named Tim Hall. He preached a message here in Tampa and he titled it that. It's a time for lions that the Bible says that we're a brother to the, they were brother to Jesus and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah and a brother to a lion is a lion. And he talks about uh, raising up and, and, and growing up in God and becoming lions and ready for battle and ready for being, being the, the one that reigns and the king of the jungle. And man, I've, I love that. But I believe the reason uh, I wanted to talk about this today is I believe many people sit in a place where they, first of all, haven't identified that they are in a battle. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Say that with me. Say, I'm a fighter. You know, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. There's a language in the Bible, and it's not just in language of analogies that Paul uses, but there's a language in the Bible of us being in a battle, of us being in a war, of this being real life. This isn't practice anymore, right? That that there's a real war going on, you know, for, for, uh, for many people, when we're born here on planet Earth and, and we come onto the scene and you're raised in your childhood, I was talking to my wife the other day, I said, man, we, you have to think about it, there's people all over this world who didn't have the protected childhood that we have. We're talking about how we can be goofy. One of the things we found when we got married is that we like have a voice, we, t- we turn the corner on silliness and we joke around all the time, we make funny voices, it may be hard to believe, but we like make funny jo- voices if we're alone, like there's, it's, it's not serious ve- very often, like the home life is like, can be very goofy, right? And we were talking about that and I said, you know, there's people all over the world because they were raised in different parts of the world that they were born into war, they were born into, um, you know, not a, people born into Syria in 2019, you know, don't have the same childhood as someone born in the U.S., sheltered, you get raised around Disney. There's like a, there's a protectedness that happens in the childhood and it, and it allows people to uh, generate creativity and there's really, there's big blessings to that. There's reasons why people migrate from other countries to the U.S. But spiritually, what ends up happening is many people get born again, and they're born again in what we'd call a time of peace, right? They're born again, and they went to an altar, and they have an encounter with the Lord, but they never see the bigger picture of what's happening around the world on a on a grand stage. They can read through Revelation and see Armageddon and see these things and almost feel detached because their Christianity is, what church do I go to? Am I going to the, the night service, or am I just sticking with the morning service? You know, oh, I'm going to read the Bible today, where there's an actual war going on around us. And the Bible uses this language. It says, put on the whole armor of God. When you understand that that when we showed up here in the year, I was born in 86, but when we showed up 
here that the devil's already been fighting for thousands of years. The devil's been trying with all his might to, to end Christians' lives. He's been trying to, you know, from, from the book of Genesis, been trying to take out the seed of the woman, right? That was going to, that was going to bruise his, uh, his head and, and, uh, and, and take him out. And even when you look at Jesus' days and some of these stories that if you put it in today's context, the devil isn't playing nice. One of the things I believe has happened is people have not allowed themselves, they've sheltered themselves from seeing what's really going on because it's almost too much to handle. You can see that in our society, but let's, before I get into that, let's take a look even at uh, when the um, uh, King Herod killed the children, right? He killed the children that were three and under. And imagine that, imagine that happening today. Imagine if that was modern day, here we are living in the society and all of a sudden, the, the sheriff shows up and is killing all the, like, how crazy is that? And that wasn't man's idea to do this. This is what the devil ordered. The devil doesn't play nice. I believe as Christians, God is building us up to understand that we are in a war, that there's really something at stake, and that we're we're supposed to be prepared to engage and be a part in this war. If you expect war, if you get prepared for war and it comes, you're ready. If you do not expect war and and you're not prepared for when it comes, man, things will things will catch you off guard when you understand the devil plays dirty. My dad died when I was uh, three years old. He took his own life, and people can look at that and just be like, "Oh, it's a part of life. It happens." But that's a blow from the devil. The Bible says the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That was the devil seeing the call on my life and on my family's life and on my dad's life even and aiming to take him out and playing dirty. Understand there's a devil that hates you and there's a God that loves you and we are caught just out in the open in the middle of this. I believe the, that, that God, if you'll allow him and say, Lord, toughen me up. Um, I, I only bring this up because there's, when I look around, I, I feel like there's so many Christians who live in a place of, of no spiritual strength. You know, they every time they're coming to the Lord, they're looking to the Lord for comfort. Uh, and I used to be at this place in my teenage years of like, every time I get in the Lord's presence, it was like, Lord, I'm just coming for comfort. Life is so hard. I need you to comfort me. And, and, there's, and there's provision in that for the word. But there comes a point where it needs to be, I don't need comfort. I need strength to stand up and fight again. People live in a place of defense where they're, they're uh, fighting just they've put down their sword of the spirit and they've just got their shield up and they're taking blow after blow after blow. And their life is one where they run to God for comfort, run back to the battle and get beat up a little bit, run to God, hesitantly run back to the battle or don't even run back to the battle, but they're just in it, right? And take another blow where God is building people and raising his people to walk in power you know, one of the weapons of our warfare, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. One of the weapons of our warfare is our faith, where we engage violent faith. One of the keys to that is prayer and praise. People neglect prayer, and that's why spiritual strength for a lot of people never comes. The word that you're not praying, you're not really having revelation on. When you start to pray the word of God, that word will come alive to you. You know, that just the fact that there's that scripture that says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's one of the first scriptures that I took into prayer because I used to, before I had an actual prayer life, I used to look at prayer as boring. Oh, I didn't really honestly understand the necessity for prayer. I knew that I was supposed to do it, but I thought, well, God's God. Can't he just do it? 
But but there's an actual battle that happens, and this is one of the weapons of our warfare where we get in and we engage in this war by our prayer, by our praise. Man, praise is such a weapon. The Bible shows us all through the Old Covenant and the New Testament, too, where people praised and the walls of Jericho came down, where they praised and they got released out of prison, right? Where, where God gives us these weapons, and sure, we're not picking up an actual sword to go fight an enemy. But God has given his children weapons so that they, so you can be on the attack. You don't want to live your whole life and get to the end of your days and all you did was take attacks and make it to heaven. Yes, you want to make it to heaven, but there needs to be a part where we engage as believers. Man, I'm going after this. I'm going to all night prayer because I'm engaging in prayer. I'm, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm going after this. I want the devil to pay for what he's done. So many people... Uh, I heard a minister say this, and I've done it ever since, but they, want, they turn off their eyes to what's actually happening in the world because it's too much to handle. Um, one of the things I started doing on Instagram was I searched some of the um, persecuted Christians, like some of the hashtags, per, hashtag persecuted Christians, to see what's actually happening around the world, to see the Bible says to don't forget those who are in bonds, those who suffer persecutions. That's actually what the Bible's saying, remember those. But here in the U.S., like who's actually suffering persecutions for the gospel? Like the person who believes, the person who believes in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and so the 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 certain denominations don't welcome them. Or I, you know, I was talking to uh, a family at a church the other day, and they were saying that their kid, you know, is six or seven, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, but the Christian school that he went to, they didn't like that he was praying in tongues. They told him not to pray in tongues. So there's persecution, right? That kid's got more persecution than most Christians have in their whole lifestyle. But there's people around the world dying for their faith. I think I read a statistic. It was something like a Christian dies for their faith every 12 minutes somewhere in the world. One in every 12 minutes. Someone is laying down their life. Even, even books where you can understand, where you start to read these Fox's Book of Martyrs, and you, and you let your eyes see these things to understand what's actually happening. The devil, one of his biggest games is that he can just lull people to sleep. Hey, it's, it's the USA, it's 2019, life is good, you know, go out, make a living. And he lulls people to sleep in, in, into this place of getting their eyes off of what's happening, that there's an actual war going on. You're a, gr- you're a fighter in that war. I believe God has called many of you to be a major participator in that war. And that's why there's men of God who talk about these things. They talk about what's going on behind, behind cold doors. Even things we see in the news like Epstein and some of these things, it makes you realize there's a devil who hates people, who's perverted, who perverts people's minds, who manipulates people, who destroys people's lives. And this devil's not pulling any punches. And here we are looking back, soft, weak Christianity, can't even wake ourselves out of bed to read the Bible in the morning. When you understand that there is a battle for your soul and the battle for souls of men and women, and you say, all right, Lord, I'm not taking this for granted anymore. I'm manning up or womaning up or whatever you want to say, and I'm going to be a part of this. Lord, make me the person you want me to be. Show me the disciplines I need to have. You know, Paul said, I'm not, Paul was interesting because we see in the word where Jesus said, I don't, I no more call you servants, but I call you friends, right? But then Paul calls himself a servant to Christ. Well, what is it? Well, it's both. Yes, we're, we're friends. We're friends by Jesus Christ. We're friends of God, right? We can draw in close and, and get in the presence of God. But it's both. People, who said to, people who've said, Lord, I've committed my life to you, 
when I wake up, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, even the time that I wake up and the time that I go to bed and the things that I do before I go to bed, I belong to you. I was talking to my brother the other day and he was, said he was talking to a friend, um, uh, someone who works for him who's, um, a, uh, who's a Christian. And he said, you know, if you're, if you're all in for the kingdom of God, you don't actually get to choose what you do for work. You don't get to choose whether you work this job or not. Because every step has to be ordered by the Lord. You don't get to make decisions on for, by yourself who you marry. You don't get to make decisions on what state you live in. You as a child of God, if you really respect the call of God in your life, don't get to make major life choices on your own. Everything is submitted through the will of God. Lord, I'm going to fast before I, I move. I, I, I would let you, as a child of God, you can't just decide, you know, I think I like, I'd like to live you know, I'd like to live in Nashville. Nashville sounds like a good city to live in. You can't make those decisions. You're a child of God. If, if the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, you're either taking yourself out of the hands of God and just saying, hey, I don't, I don't care to be a part of this fight. Or, you know, I don't really... God has a direct plan for you. And so I believe today God's reminding you that this is a battle. There's things a lot of times that people can slip on. This is one of the things that'll keep you going to the end of your life, because you'll understand there's something great at stake. Yes, the, great, the most important thing is that you make it to heaven. And my faith is that every person listening to this will make it to heaven. But the reality is, is beyond us, there's a lot of people that we need to affect. There's a lot of people that we need to take with us to heaven. And, and the decisions we make on this earth, what, what level of commitment we bring to the table is, is will 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 produce the results of fruit in eternity. So know that you're fighting. Number uh, the next thing is know that you're know that you win. Know that you're on the side of the you're on the winning side. Joshua is such a great book. He says, I'll be with you always. You'll always be on top. You'll never be beneath. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So when they lost a battle, he fell on his face before the Lord, like, Lord, what happened? And then it turned out there was sin in the camp, right? But God has intended that not only that we fight, that we win. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. What's a good fight? A fight that you win. <laughs> the fight that you... I was homeschooled, so I didn't get into too many fights growing up. I had one fight. I'm, I have a 1-0 fight record, and it's, it was against my brother, and I punched him in the stomach, and he hit the floor, and the thing was done. And ever since that day, I've, I've walked a little bit taller than he has. No, I'm kidding. But, um, but know that we're on the winning team. God has given you weapons to cause this to be a one of victory. And, and ask God to help you because if, if, if you, when I said that, if you're always going to God for comfort, there's nothing wrong with comfort, but there comes a point where we, we, go on the def- we go on the offensive to take ground for the kingdom of, to take ground for the kingdom of God and not always, hey, I'm getting beat up. There's a fight against sickness and you decide when you start fighting. Are you going to wait till you're older to decide to start walking in victory in your health? That's a decision you make. To sit there and think, people sit in church, one day God has anointed me to, to do what he's called me to do. That's not how it works. It works by your hunger. Let that one day be tonight. You actually choose. Nothing happens in the course of time with God except his return, right? That's, that's, up, that's, that's his deal. And, and but for you, one day God will make me strong in regards to this. No, no, no. You choose to be in the Word, memorizing Scripture, hiding the Word of God in your heart. There's a, there's a way to fight lack. And again, it's all through the Word of God. Know that God's power is on your side. People look at life like the devil's invisible, like 
that God is pulling all everything good and everything bad comes from God. But I believe in, in, in this day and this hour, God is raising up people. People listen to this broadcast, raising you up, where you can look back a couple years ago and you were the Christian who was just tossed around anything that came. You know, God's got a plan for this. That, that, but God is raising Christians who are going to stand up and fight and say, I'm going to take ground. Anything the devil tried to torment me with in my life, I'm going to take ground. I'm going to be the person who steps up and says, God, use this for your glory. Use this as a battering ram against the kingdom of darkness. Father, I thank you for every single listener. I thank you for the gifts, for the plan, for the call in their life. Lord, I thank you for a supernatural strength that comes into their spirit, even right now, to stand up and fight, to say enough's enough, Lord, to engage in violent praise, violent prayer, Lord, to be people who go out and take the victory because you on, you're the greater one that lives on the inside of us. Lord, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you that one day we're going to stand before you in every bit of hardship and every bit of struggle. But Lord, and every victory on the way will, will bring us to stand before you. We thank you, Lord, for it. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.